plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, it's Star Style time. Welcome, Power Partners. It's our informational playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are is the name of the show. I'm Cynthia Bryan. I'm your host. It's brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. And we are, as always, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. So I hope you've had a great week and staying safe and healthy. And our show has lots of um, information today. First of all, did you adopt a pet during the pandemic? And have you been spending 24-7 with your new furry family friend? Uh, Because maybe you've been working from home. Well, we're going to talk about that. What happens if you have to go back to work? Many pet owners, you know, want to bring their animals with them to the office or the business. So that's coming up in segment one. Segment two, we have author Peter Russell joining us. He has written a book called Letting Go of Nothing. Relax your mind and discover the wonder of your true nature. And it is a practical, empowering approach to you know, that age old quest to just kind of let it go, let it flow and um, things that block our happiness, how we can change that and, you know, bring more delight into our daily lives. So that's segment two. And in segment three, kids are back in school. And the hope is that teachers and faculty and administrators and students and volunteers will all be safe as they navigate the next school year. So uh, we'll talk about uh, what's happening in the classroom and the COVID-19 guidelines and masks that are happening. So the miracle moment for today brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. The Pear Festival is still on schedule to rock and roll on September 25th. That is going to be sponsored by MB Jesse Painting. Go to mbjesse.com and the La Mirinda Weekly newspaper, lamarindaweekly.com. And we thank them for sponsoring our booth. And what our volunteers at Be The Star You Are are going to be offering um, as the act- one of the activities for kids is we're going to be decorating masks because we want to keep the kids going back to school healthy. And if they have a fun decorated mask that they've made themselves, maybe it won't be such a hassle to wear it. So this is from John F. Kennedy. Take a deep breath of life and consider how it should be lived. The highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. And um, I try to live by that slogan is I walk my talk. It's like it's called integrity, right? You just walk your talk. Well, we're going to talk about animals. I am such an animal lover and I can only understand how people who have adopted different pets this year during the pandemic 
are starting to feel a little antsy as they get those emails from their employers saying, okay, time to come back into the office or into the store or whatever it is. So what are people doing? Some uh, pet owners, they want flexibility to care for their new furry friends. But do you think that companies are going to embrace family, um, animal-friendly offices? This is something that we have to, um, have to think about. So uh, as companies are anticipating this post-pandemic United States, they are looking to reopen their offices, and thousands of pet owners are experiencing these moments of dread, actually emotional turmoil, because they have been spending 24-7 with their puppy or their kitty or whatever animal that they have had, and their animals, since they got them usually as um, rescues from shelters, don't know anything else except for being with their owners all the time. So what are they to do? Poll after poll has shown that pet owners are worried about returning to the office and how it is going to impact their furry friends, uh, particularly after this COVID-19 crisis created such a surge in pet adoptions and situations in, um, in which, as I said, the pets kind of, you know, never left their sides. They were at their feet all the time. I know that my, my daughter and her husband, they adopted two great big dogs who they haven't, the dogs haven't known anything except since, and they were just puppies, um, that, and rescue puppies that they, they've just been with them all the time. So it's a little hard when you go back to work. I have several friends that either adopted uh, kittens or, um, or other puppies, and they're all facing the same thing. In the summer of 2020, a survey of 3,000 pet owners found that one in five worried that their pets would suffer separation anxiety. And then this spring in 2021, as vaccinations, you know, started helping people get a return to a normal life, another survey found that 70% of pet owners really worried about their pets if they were to go back to work. So it went from one in five to 70%. And what's more, a 400 dog owner surveyed by the pet product company Honest Paws, 67% said they would consider actually looking for a new job if their pet is not allowed to come to work with them or if the company isn't going to offer remote work. Um, 78% said that they would stay if they could bring their pets to work. Now, that sentiment is widely shared among young people. And nearly half of Gen Zers, you know, age 18 to 24, and a third of millennials, which are 25 to 40, said they would rather quit their jobs than leave their pets at home alone full time. And the survey was done of 1,500 pet owners, um, and that was from Banfield Pet Hospital. It's one of the nation's largest employers of veterinary professionals. So, you know, this is something that is, um, that's quite interesting. I know several people who said 
they are no longer willing to be chained to a desk for 12 hours, you know, getting up only to use the bathroom or grab a snack and knowing that their, their, you know, their friend is at home waiting and depending on them for every need. So it really makes the question of how am I working and how am I going to work today and how am I going to work beyond today? Um, a lot of people are just deciding that they're, they don't know how they're going to, ap- to approach their employers, but it's necessary that they do. Now, the survey says um, the results reflected developed anxieties about leaving any pet, pets at home because even if it's two cats, if whatever it is, people have had grown very fond of them and it grew stronger as they worked from home and they saw this new side of their pet. You know, their pet probably was like their security blanket. It's almost like a security blanket, I would think. So as the economy recovers, employers nationwide are really struggling to retain and recruit good workers. And that's according to HR and labor experts. Uh, And Time Magazine had done a kind of an expose on this. That's uh, giving millions of employees more power to call the shots. And uh, this is what this uh, expose is saying, is that all the planets have aligned in such a way that employers now are fighting for the best talent. And among the top worker demands are, you just guessed it, pet-friendly policies. Whether they are, you know, that work from home or the permission to bring pets into the office, 12.6 million U.S. households got a new pet after the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 outbreak a pandemic in March of 2020. Uh, A tally by the nonprofit Shelter Animals Count found that at least 269,000 pets were adopted from rescue groups alone in 2020 um, and 36,000 more than in 2019. Now that's really good for the pets, right? Because these are all animals that have been just completely ignored um, or abandoned. And so it's great that they got adopted. However, what's going to happen now if they go back to work? So uh, some people, you know, are breaking their leases um, if they're in a an apartment or a house that says they can't have a pet because this is what they want. Now, the ability to bring a dog or a cat to work is a real tangible piece of compensation. And this is according to what uh, many workers are saying right now. At Animal So, this is a pet care blog site, morale and productivity improved as soon as a handful of dogs and cats started appearing in the office for the first time in June 2020. And um, this was according to a veterinarian at the website. Now, at the company's West Covina, California headquarters, lint rollers are available at every cubicle. Dogs can often be found chasing the newly purchased uh, robot vacuum. 
around, which is uh, working overtime to suck up the amounts of fur. And there's even talk of creating tiny uniforms to match their owner's company hoodies. <laughs> that seems like a little over the top. But in any case, um, pets are really an extension of their owners and of people. And uh, according to pet owners, they feel it just makes sense for the pets to follow them to work instead of being bored at home. And of course, some um, employers who have already established this are saying, why didn't we think this sooner? Now, you know, there's another side to this too. What if you have employees that are allergic to cats, dogs, or whatever pet you're going to bring in? And who's to say how obedient or safe the pet is? What if the pet bites someone? You have to be just so incredibly careful. Now, 67% of dog owners surveyed by Honest Paws said they would consider looking for a different job if they couldn't work from home. 11% of U.S. workplaces that allowed pets in 2019, that's uh, the most recent year with available data. So 11% of U.S. workplaces. And then 59% of C-suite executives said they were instituting new pet-friendly policies according to a 2021 survey. So what do you think? Would Do you want to bring your pet to work? Would you prefer to stay working at home? How if What if you're not an animal lover? How do you feel about others bringing their pets to work? And again, are you allergic to anything? And how, how are we going to handle that? I, I know dogs and cats have been a source of emotional support definitely throughout quarantine times and, you know, also throughout, um, throughout life. And the mental health boost is the catalyst that the pets at work movement just might need to gain momentum. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what is going to happen, but it should be very interesting, um, and if you are thinking of bringing a pet to work, you probably want to start talking to your employer now to see what the policies are and if you're going to either be able to work remotely or bring your pet a few days or all the time and what the rules and regulations and vaccines and all the things because obviously they'll have to have rabies shots and they'll have to have all their, you know, all the normal things that dogs and cats have to have. Well, that is our segment for now. When we come back from break, we'll be talking to Peter Russell, letting go of nothing, relax your mind and discover the wonder of your true nature. So take a deep breath. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We'll be back in a bit. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 
877-STAR. 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america it's power time on star style be the star you are with your passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan now back to the power party this business of show well we are back in the power party and as i told you at the top of the hour we have a special guest with us today it's peter russell he is the author of letting go of nothing and from science to god um, anyone who has ever dipped a toe into the world's spiritual traditions know that letting go and letting be are key to our stress-free and happier life. Well, uh, Peter earned degrees in theoretical physics, psychology, computer science at the University of Cambridge in England, and he also studied for a time with Stephen Hawking, and I was most impressed with that. So with that, we are going to get to his book, which is called Letting Go of Nothing. Relax your mind and discover the wonder of your true nature. Welcome, Peter, to Star Style. Be the star you are. <laughs> Lovely to be with you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming. You know, we say that a lot. I mean, a lot of people say, let go, let God, you know, let it be. The Beatles sang the whole thing. And you have titled your book, which is an Eckhart Tolle edition, Letting Go of Nothing. So why don't you start by explaining what do you mean by the nothing? And then we'll get to the letting go part. Yes. Okay, it's partly a play on words. It's like no thing, letting go of no thing. Because we we think we're letting go of things. Like I've got to let go of my, um, whether it's relationship or some possession or something I want or don't want. But what we're actually letting go of are is our attachment, which is a mental thing, which is like, it's how we see things. And how we see things isn't a thing in itself. It's just a mindset. And so we're not letting go of actual things. What we're letting go of is our way of seeing. So, which is, I call that a no thing. So that's, that's the play on words. Letting go of nothing is that letting go of our attachment. It's really about a change of mind, a change in how we see things. And see, I love that no thing, because it is so true, is that when we take time to breathe and pause and do no thing, we center yeah. ourselves and we balance a little bit more. But how do we let go? Hello? Disappear. I'm here. I'm saying, okay. how do we let go? Right. Yes. Well, part of it is we... There's nothing to do to let go. I think part of the problem is we think we have to do something to let go. You know, I try to let go, but I can't do it. It's actually the opposite. It's undoing the holding on. So 
how, how do we let go? I take the opposite approach from the normal one. People say, you know, you've got to do this to let go. It's actually, as you say, it's doing nothing. And so the first step for me, what I tell people to do is to let in the experience, whatever it is you want to let go of, let in how it feels to be holding on. Um, so, you know, there's usually some tension or some resistance when we're holding on. So the first thing is to, to let that in, to see how it feels, because that's, what that's what's holding things in place. And then we can sort of let in the actual feeling that's there. And, and the second stage is allowing it to be, not trying to change anything. So I reframe letting go as letting in and letting be. And when we do that, we find that the holding on begins to soften and begins to dissolve of its own accord. And so the way I approach letting go is more creating the right mental conditions to allow the letting go to happen. Well, it's, it's, it's like you have to acknowledge what it is before you can let it go. So that's exactly. what letting it in is, is really saying, hello, I hear you, I see you, okay, now, then you can let it go and let it be. Right. Is that right? Exactly. Do I have that exactly. right? Yes. So supposing, you know, you, were, you had some anger you wanted to let go of, you know, the first thing to do is, I would say, is, is notice how it feels to be angry. Um, because what we tend to do is push these things to the edge of the mind. We think if we push it out to the edge of our mind, it won't bother us anymore. But it does because it keeps on there, you know, on the edge of our mind. It still bothers us. So first thing I suggest to do, people to do is actually tune into your body. And how does it feel when you're angry? Notice all the different sensations in your body. And actually being curious, like as if you've never experienced it before. What's it actually like? What's going on here? Allow it in. And that allows you to begin to relax a bit. And also let in the story you're telling yourself. Because if you're angry with somebody, there's nearly always some, some story, by which I mean something you're telling yourself about the other person, what they did wrong, how they got in your way, how they upset you, whatever it is. See the story. Let that in as well. And sometimes as we do, we can begin to see, well, hang on. You know, we can begin to ask, well, what were they thinking? What was going on for them? So again, it begins to soften it. And so with any emotion, there's two sides. We can let in the feeling, noticing how it actually feels in the body, and let in what we're telling ourselves. And as we do that, as I say, time and again, what I find is it just begins to soften. So we're allowing the letting go to begin to happen on its own. Because we can't really just decide we're going to get rid of them. I mean, when these emotions come in, we do have to listen to them. And otherwise, our, it's going to just kind of be on a rerun or like a, a circular tape. Now, what would you suggest for people who, you know, go to sleep at night and they're upset about something and they just can't get it out of their mind? It just keeps, you know, circulating and circulating and circulating around and around. How can they just let it in, let it go, let it be, you know, especially when they're at that state of being so wound up? Yes, yes. Um, I suggest, again, it may sound paradoxical, but to actually see, see what you're telling yourself. In that situation, what I would do would be to actually write it down, take a piece of paper and just write down what I'm telling myself. Because that, that, in a way, is allowing yourself to express it. Because these things, they want expression. And the reason it's going round and round your head is because you're not really letting it out. And so 
what I do is I say, just write it down, whatever it is, whatever comes to me, just write it down. And by doing that, I'm beginning to release it and and it disturbs me less. So that's one good thing to do. Or if if you have a partner, you know, begin to talk about it if you can. Just say, this is going round around my head. And, And just by talking about it, we can begin to release it. But find some way to let into your awareness more rather what we tend to do is push it out oh this is keeping me awake i've got i've got to stop thinking this do the opposite just see what's there be be curious as to what's actually happening that's that's really interesting because um i i really am a big fan of writing things down i think that just the fact of writing it down it does release the emotions the tensions and it's like it's like we have announced it to the world or the universe, even if we just rip it up or burn it or whatever. And it does seem to dissipate when you do that, because that gets back to what you're talking about as the story, right? Because we all yeah. have a story that is around whatever it is that we're holding on to. Yes, exactly. And by writing it down or something like that, we're letting, we're letting it in. And we can just, no one else need ever see it. It's not about, we're not writing for anybody else. It's just a good way of expressing things to ourselves, just just letting it in. You have a chapter that's caused, uh, called Just Pause, and I really love that chapter because I've always felt that, you know, it's the pauses in the music that makes the melody. And mm. so often we don't take the time to pause. We just continue on with whatever it is. Would you talk a bit about how just pause, you know, take that yes, breath and yes, just yes, do yes, nothing? Yes. yes, this is a very simple practice, which I often encourage people to do. And it, it's something to do when you're already pausing between two tasks, like, you know, you, you just finished doing your emails, you're about to go make a cup of coffee or make a phone call, whatever it is. So you're already pausing between two tasks. You're making a transition just to take a few moments just to pause your thinking, just to notice what's going through your mind. It's probably, you know, with me, it's the next thing I've got to do or must be able to do this or something else. We can choose just in that moment just to not follow that thought any further. We're just pausing our thinking and then just noticing how it feels. And as soon as we pause our thinking, underneath we may feel, ah, this feels a bit easier. We feel slightly more relaxed because our thinking was probably, you know, creating some tension or some excitement, whatever. When we pause the thinking, we begin to relax. And then what happens is we begin to notice the present moment more. Oh, there's, there's the sound of the birds outside or there's this sensation in my body. We sort of, the present begins to reveal itself. And then maybe we notice fainter thoughts in the background. And we just choose just to pause them. And, the point of this is to begin to enjoy how it feels, to just pause for a moment. It's not trying to stay paused because the thoughts will come back. It's not about that. The thoughts will keep coming back. But just in those, in those few moments, just choosing not to follow the thoughts any further and then enjoying how it feels, just noticing, ah, yes, oh, here I am. Oh, yes, and here's, here's what's happening around me. And, oh, this feels nice. It feels like there's a sense of ease or relief. and that's a wonderful thing to do because we just we feel better for it for a start, but also we come back to the present, which again is something so many teachings have said we need to do. So it's a way of just coming back to the present, just for a few moments. I say not trying to stay present, but it's coming back to the present, 
And then the fact it tends to feel easier and a relief becomes a motivation to do it more in the future. I mean, I, I leave notes around my house saying pause, just that when I see them, it's usually because I'm going somewhere, like I'm walking up the stairs to get something. I just pause just for a few moments, just like, ah, yes, ah, yes. I'm just like, I'm coming back to myself. It's like I'm coming home to myself for a few moments. And just to do that as, you know, as many times as it occurs to you through the day, I think is very valuable. I love that you uh, keep repeating the word feel because it really is, it's an emotion that is so critical to our our well-being. Um, and the fact that pausing can help us have that, as you said, that aha moment and live in the present. It's the power yes. of now, right? <laughs> the yes. power yes. of now. Yes. So um, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Peter Russell his book, his newest book, is called Letting Go of No Thing, or you might say nothing, but it's no thing. Relax your mind and discover the wonder of your true nature. So I'd like to move on to talk about ego. Again, you have another chapter called Letting Go of Ego, although you actually have uh, stated that there's really no such thing as ego. So what, is, what do you yes. mean by this? <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of my titles are provocative. The emphasis there is on... Think. That's what I love. I love provocative. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because we tend to think, you know, the ego... Well, and the ego I'm talking about here is when people say, oh, that's my ego getting in the way, or that person's too egocentric, or, you know, whatever it was, my ego. We talk about my ego as if it's some part of me, as if there's some entity inside me called ego. and when I look inside myself, I don't find a separate entity that's there called ego. What I find is there's this sense of me that's always there, but I don't often notice, but a sense of I am that's here. And then I notice there's various thoughts, there's various feelings, and those thoughts may be self-centered, egocentric thoughts about you know what I want, what I want to get, and the feelings that go with them. So what we call ego is not a thing. This is the point I'm making with the title. The ego is not a thing, but it's a mode of thinking we get caught in. It's a way of thinking that we get caught in. And so when people talk about letting go of ego, we're not trying to banish something or conquer it or get rid of it or whatever. But it's about just, again, it's that pausing. We just pause that mode of thinking. When we notice some egocentric thought coming up, we can just choose just not to follow it anymore. So then letting go of ego becomes something we can practice doing many times a day. It's not some far-off goal that you get if you do years of spiritual practice, but it's something we can taste many times a day. So it's just it's basically letting go of a way of thinking, a mode of thought that we, that we get caught in. But just to say, sometimes that mode of thought is really important. There's times where we need to be thinking about ourselves, if our safety, security, or something is important, we need to be self-centered. So there's times when we need to be. But also, we often get you know, caught up in this sort of egocentric thinking when there's no need for it whatsoever. So it's in those times that we can begin to just let it go. And that way of thinking always creates some sort of tension. And so 
when we're letting go of it, we're again, we're, we're letting go of the tension that comes from it. Mm, that's that's very that's really important, I think, to know. Now, you have, you brought up the I am. And this is something that I think it's is also very important in your book, Letting Go of Nothing, uh, because who am I? Uh, and it's most people say, you know, I am I'm a, a radio host. I'm this. I'm that. But what is the pure I am? We know it's the first person form of the verb to be, but can you tell us about how I am is so important to just being and feeling and being who we are in the moment? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, you, I mean, most people, when you ask who are you, they go into their history, what they've done, all those things that you say. But underneath that, there's this other sense of I, which has nothing to do with what I've done or anything like that. And it's something which is actually very familiar, but we don't normally notice it. It's, very, it's that very quiet state of just, you know, I, the I, it's the I that was there yesterday, the I that was experiencing things 10 years ago. When you were a kid, the I that was just experiencing whatever you were experiencing then. It, it's that sense of I am that is always there. I mean, if you if you change the question slightly, and instead of asking, you know, who are you or who am I, you just say, am I? And the answer is yes, of course, I am. It's, it's that simple. And it, it, it is very simple. It's not trying to find some lofty, spiritual, higher self or something. It's just tuning into that sense of I am that's always, it's always there, quietly there, but we don't notice it because our attention is on what we're doing, what we're thinking. Our attention is on the world outside. And so it's a very, I think, an important practice just to see, the way to do it is to see, to ask yourself, what is the word I, what does it point to in myself? When I say I, I am listening to this show right now, I am thinking this, whatever. What does the word I actually point to? And by having that sort of inner inquiry, you begin to notice, ah, oh, yes, there's this sense of I am that's always there and never changes. And the more we become, the more we get to know this sense of this sense of I, the less caught up we are in the sort of the personality self, you know, the I am Peter Russell, author, etc. self, and. That sense of self, the personal self, is always, it's vulnerable. You know, if you criticize me, you know, say, well, I didn't like your book very much, my sense of being an author may feel, you know, harmed, hurt in some way, and I may want to, you know, boost my ego. So a lot of what we do in the world is like reinforcing that sense of a personal self. The more we know this deep inner self of just, ah, yes, this sense of I am, then it makes us more stable and less vulnerable to the, you know, the things that go on in the world or the criticisms or whatever it is. So it gives us a deeper sense of stability in our being. I want to talk about, uh, before we end our segment, about kindness. Because to me, kindness, we need more kindness right now in the world. I think that we're, we are, uh, the whole world is in chaos, it seems. Yes. And, and you have a chapter on kindness. And to me, you know, it gets back to 
Every single religion has something that's similar to the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you want done unto yourself and all of that. But how can we all become more enlightened, embrace embrace our um, our natural self, our I am, and be be who we are and let go of no thing and be kind. Would you speak yes. to that? Because to me, that is yes. like the, one of the most critical elements that you talk about. I'm really glad you picked that up because I think it's one of the most critical things in life to be kind. And I agree with you. Yes. And ultimately, it comes from the recognition deep down we are all the same. You know, it's that same sense of I deep down. But deep down, we all want the same. We all want to feel at ease, to be content. We want to be loved. We don't want to be hurt or rejected, things like that. So deep down, we all want the same thing. And so kindness really is recognizing that. And so in any interaction, communication, whatever it is, just keeping in, keeping in our mind, how can I do this, say this to the other person, so that they feel good upon hearing it. Not They don't feel attacked or criticized, because it's so easy for us to get slightly upset and we start attacking the other person, they start it's attacking so back. easy. Mm. And you've got two people, the silly game is two people saying, you're not loving me enough, so I'm going to hurt you a little bit so that you love me better. It mm. never works. It never works. But if we can just say, okay, how can I say this? If it's a difficult situation, just think, how can I, how can I communicate this so the other person really feels loved and appreciated and not attacked or rejected. And the more we do that, the more I find our relationships just flow so much more smoothly. So, so that to me is the principle of kindness, just really holding in our intention that we'd like the other person to feel good in this interaction. And to, and to treat other people well. And again, I, it, it comes back to so many of your principles in letting go of no thing. We need to pause before we speak <laughs> and really consider the words we're going to say because, you know, words can can hurt. And so we have to yes. be kind. We really do have to choose wisely. Well, the book is called Letting Go of No Thing, Relax Your Mind and Discover the Wonder of Your True Nature. The author is Peter Russell. His website is peterrussell.com. So that's P-E-T-E-R R-U-S-S-E-L-L.com. You can also find him on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And again, this is an Eckhart Tolle edition, letting go of no thing or nothing, however you want to say it. Relax your mind and discover the wonder of your true nature. Thank you, Peter, for sharing your uh, wisdom and your kindness, and we didn't get to forgiveness, and that's another big one as well. But you know what? People can pick up your book, and yep. they can um, can read further and then incorporate all these lovely principles to let go and let be. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Lovely to talk with you. It was wonderful to have you on the show. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. When we come back from break, we will be going back to school. So stay with me. Don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you are. 
your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. In today's rapid pace of change, today's successful job will be outdated tomorrow. So your level of success in business depends on your ability to adapt, transition, and reinvent yourself. It's important not to get stagnant and to greet change as an opportunity for growth. You will always be valuable for what you do best, but being able to modify your skills to meet the emphasis of a technological world will serve you best in the long haul. And do remember that the age 65 retirement model is going to be abandoned by many employers in the future, which means that increasingly important criteria for hobbies and avocations of older people will be their potential to generate income. Your livelihood will be dependent on the reinvention of you. So pivot and be prepared. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business Well, thank you so much for staying me. with me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're really glad to always have you here live Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Coming to you on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And I hope that you will um, enjoy the book, Letting Go of No Thing or Nothing, however. Well, uh, as you know, kids are either back to school, um, and joyfully so, or they are uh, going to be going back to school, but are they going to be able to stay? You know, in my school days, I was so excited. I really anticipated getting back into the classroom, and, and we used to start in September, because I couldn't wait to meet my new teachers and to see friends and to make new friends and to learn new subjects. I mean, having growing up on a farm, I didn't live, I didn't have any friends that lived close by. So um, it was always exciting to get back to school. But for students today, 
COVID-19 has really rendered some havoc and some fear mixed with those strong emotions of wanting life to be back to normal. And despite hopes that we were emerging from the pandemic, it is clear that it is not over yet. This um, very contagious Delta variant is ramping up as schools and universities just scramble to create a safe environment for administrators, teachers, staff, volunteers, and of course, most importantly, for the students. Now, here in the area where where I live, the school district, All the staff, teachers, and volunteers are required to be vaccinated. And the majority of the students who are age 12 and over are vaccinated. And with few exceptions, um, and those, you know, those exceptions would probably be for medical conditions or religious conditions, everyone on campus is required to wear a mask when they are indoors. And um, those with medical conditions who can't wear a mask, they wear face shields and they have a draping system that goes on. Uh, Now, outside, you can eat lunch outside, uh, recess, you can play outside. You do not have to have a mask. But if you go inside, you have to have a mask. And they have numerous other uh, requirements for home health checks, sanitation, hygiene, They're doing daily classroom cleaning, testing, uh, ventilation. They've installed new HVAC. Um, They're testing the air quality. And they do the the contact tracing. And uh, also, anyone who is exposed to COVID-19 infected individuals have to quarantine. So there's a lot of transparency, and they're doing that without violating student privacy. And that's going to be the key to success anywhere in this really complex and challenging environment. But with the enforced rules and guidelines, in the last two weeks that school has been in-person learning, knock on wood, so far there have been no cases of COVID that have transpired. So I say um, bravo to the school district and to everyone involved, again, the administrators, teachers, staff, volunteers, parents, students, for just really being on top of it, and they're okay. But now, sadly, this is not the case around the United States. As you know, I'm the executive director of Be The Star You Are charity, and Be The Star You Are, and we're all volunteers, and we have volunteers all over the world, actually, um, and hundreds throughout the United States that do different things. And I've spoken with several volunteers in states where there are crazy politicians who are against wearing masks um, or who are fighting with the school boards and administrators um, because of the school boards and administrators and parents believe that masks will protect their children. Now, not everybody believes that, of course, but the majority do. One person explained to me that within two days of opening, her child's school had to quarantine because 35 kids under the age of 10, so they weren't even allowed to get a vaccine. They all contracted COVID. Another told me that both of her children are suffering with COVID after just five days of being at school. And not only did the school have to close, but the parents who cannot work remotely, they have to miss work to care for the children. Um, A couple of volunteers were not uh, vaccinated when they found out about their kids getting COVID. They said they ran out and got vaccinated. 
because it scared them so much. So we're really in the, well, you know, this world's in the midst of a major health crisis. And um, I, I believe that politicians who are fighting against masks and the vaccine are putting their constituents in a deathly danger. And all of us have to strive to get our priorities straight because it's the virus that's our enemy. It's not one another. The vaccinations and maskings should not be a political issue. It should be something that you do the research yourself and talk to your doctors, et cetera. Now, for those of us who are 12 years of age and older, we have a source to remain healthy through a simple vaccine. Pfizer has now been officially approved by the FDA. Moderna, Johnson & Johnson are soon to follow. And I personally applaud the private sector employers that are already mandating vaccines for employees. And I hope that many more will follow because we need to keep our children safe. And the only way we can do that is to vaccinate everybody who is eligible because the Delta variant is so many more times contagious and deadly than the original virus. And if we continue to allow the virus to replicate, it's going to continue to mutate. And the outcome could be drastically worse than what we're experiencing now. And our kids, they want and they need to be in school. The parents want them to be in school. And they deserve not only an education, but they deserve the socialization that a healthy school environment is going to entail. And if you love your kids, get vaccinated and encourage those around you to do the same. And I just want to advise again, as I do every week, don't listen to the politicians, don't listen to social media, don't listen to other people, and don't even listen to me. Instead, just listen to the science, listen to the experts, do uh, important research and not on conspiracy sites. Talk to your personal physician about the course you need to take to keep yourself and your loved ones virus free. And um, I think that this virus is a test and we just, we need to pass this exam. So um, it is not child abuse to ask your kids to wear a mask. I think most kids are really used to it. And if, the, if you do come to the Pear Festival, we will be decorating masks with all kinds of fun jewels and sparkles and all kinds of things so your kids can make their own personalized mask and feel good about wearing it. So I hope that your kids can go back to school and stay safe and stay strong and stay healthy. And in the meantime, you know, wear a mask when you're in public. It is the right thing to do. Let's get our economy back on track. Let's get the kids safely in school. Um, we each hold the key to success and we are in this together. So let's protect one another. Well, that's it. That's the show for today. So thank you for being great listeners. Thank you for allowing me to be with you every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. You can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. And we will bring you the information that we believe will help you to do that. For more information about Star Style Productions or myself, Cynthia Bryan, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To uh, donate to Be The Star You Are charity or get involved as a volunteer or a sponsor of any of our events, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. You can also just use the letters B-T-S-Y-A.org. Our aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. We want you to cherish the past, dream of the future, 
But live in the now. Right now, this moment is the only time you have to celebrate. And if you read a book this week, you might want to pick up Letting Go of No Thing, Relax Your Mind and Discover the Wonder of Your True Nature by Peter Russell. So until we celebrate once again next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. Be strong, be safe, and get vaccinated. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.